Well, good morning. What you do when you know your days are numbered reveals what you value most. Isn't that true? What you know when your time is running out, how you spend your time uh, lifts the little lid on what is at the base of who you are and what you're about. If you knew your time was running short, what would you do? Uh, what would you spend your time on? And what would you what would you say? And what would it reveal to those around you about what is at the core of why you live your life? This morning, we continue our sermon series working through portions of the book of Mark. And we're spending our time in Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 26. So you can uh, follow along on the screen. You can uh, look in your Bibles, your phone app. We'll be working our way through that this morning. And in this passage, Jesus, through his actions and through his words, reveals something to us about what are his core values. What are the things that he wants to focus on as he knows his time is coming to a close. Let's pick it up in verse 12. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So Jesus sent two of his disciples telling them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house, he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the context is, it's the night of the Passover meal, which is the night that the Jewish people would celebrate their deliverance from slavery in Egypt several hundred years before this. Why was it called Passover? Well, uh, God sends Moses to Pharaoh to confront him and tell him to let his people go. Pharaoh refuses. Moses says uh, a plague is coming. The firstborn of all the land and will in the all the of the firstborn in all the land will die that night. But Moses gives the Israelites a heads up. So they spread the blood of lambs over their doors and the angel of death passes over them and they're saved. And so every year Jewish families would gather to celebrate and remember God's deliverance with a meal which featured a roasted lamb. So this is a very special meal and a very special night. And Jesus makes all the preparations here. He uh, has two, two disciples go on ahead, gives them instructions, what to look for, what to do. And it's all taken care of, just as he said it would be. There's a large room upstairs. Uh, it's furnished. It's ready for Jesus and the disciples. And, and Jesus knows that the next day he's going to be crucified. He knows the, the agony and the physical and emotional pain that he will be enduring. But he also knows that this is the time appointed for him. It's no accident, no coincidence that Jesus is in Jerusalem on the week of Passover. He knows the role he is to play. And what is that role? He is to be the ultimate Passover lamb. He is to be the pure and spotless lamb of God come to take away the sins of the world. He is to be the sacrifice for sin and the deliverer from death. This was prophesied several hundred years before by Isaiah about what Jesus was going to do. Chapter 53. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. 
The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. So what does this reveal to us about what Jesus valued? It shows us that Jesus' highest priority was to submit to the Father's will. What Jesus values above all else is fulfilling the purposes that God the Father has for him. And so he deliberately and intentionally comes to Jerusalem on Passover week and he celebrates the Passover meal in preparation for his death on the cross. And as followers of Jesus, we are to do the same. We are to embrace Jesus' value of submitting to God's will, even and especially when we would rather not. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes God's will leads us to places of joy and abundance and blessing. Sometimes it includes hardship. Sometimes it involves personal pain or, or, or suffering. Sometimes it'll cost us dearly. But Jesus' example is what, in following his example, in embracing his value of submitting to the Father's will above all else, his highest priority is ultimately what will bring us life and joy and peace. And that's what Jesus does. He submits to the Father's will. And he makes preparations for the meal. He invites the 12 disciples, his closest friends, who have spent the last three years with him. Barely a night or day has passed when they haven't been together. And then there's a twist, a plot twist, here in Mark 14. Let's pick it up in verse 16. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover, and when the evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is, one who is here at the table with me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. And the disciples ask, is it me? Is it I? Which one of us is going to betray him? Now, what does this reveal about what Jesus values? Jesus prioritizes, even at this moment, he prioritizes serving, even when he knows he will be betrayed. So here in Mark 14, Jesus is celebrating this most special meal on this most special night with these 12 men, one of them that he knows is going to betray him. He, he breaks bread with the man who's going to hand him over to his enemies for 30 pieces of silver. He hosts a meal which is usually supposed to be shared with friends and loved ones, and he includes Judas. This would be sort of like if the U.S. was overrun by a foreign power and it's illegal for us to gather together and worship and be together and study the Bible and pray. And say you'd been in a small group meeting illegally for three years. You've been gathering together. You've been enjoying each other. You shared. You're really tight. You're on your way to the house of one of your small group members to celebrate communion that night and to study the Bible and pray. And you find out that one of the friends from the small group has agreed to turn you over to the secret police for a favor. Would you sit down and have a meal with him? Would you share communion? An intimate spiritual meal that is meant in part to deepen our bonds with each other. Would you like in John 13, humble yourself and wash that person's feet, knowing that they're going to leave after the meal is finished and betray you? That's what Jesus did. Jesus announced in Mark 10:45, I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus stayed true 
to his, his values, to his mission, which was to serve, even serving his betrayer. And Jesus calls us to do the same. To serve others, even and especially those who are opposed to us. Now, what would that look like? Well, it's, you know, it's pretty easy, relatively easy to serve people that you know and love and who love you. Um, it's easy, not too hard to serve people with whom you agree. People who think like you, maybe look like you, who vote like you, who care about the issues that you care about. It's not difficult to serve those who can do something for you. Your boss, people who are connected. But it's much harder to serve those who are against you, who are you know, different from you. People that you don't agree with. People who speak poorly of you. People who disrespect or ridicule your worldview, your beliefs, the things you value. People who betray you. But that's what Jesus did. And that's what we're called to do. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, turn the other cheek when somebody slaps you. He said, if somebody takes your coat, takes your shirt, give them your, your, your coat as well. If somebody asks you to carry their, your, their bag for a mile, carry it for two. Serve all people, even and especially those who are opposed to you. But they'll take advantage, you say. They might. But I'll get hurt. That's a strong possibility. It'll cost me. Yes, it will. But it's much easier to do as the world does. Serve those who you love. Serve those who can do something for you. And life will usually go better. But serving others in love is the greatest power in the world. Laying down your life and acting in love is incredibly powerful and ultimately cannot be defeated. I mean, that's what Jesus does on the cross. And what Satan saw as defeat for Jesus, Jesus, it ended up being defeat for Satan. And what the religious leaders saw as a final blow against Jesus, we finally got him turned out to be the final blow against Satan's sin and death. What are we to value? Well, if we want to follow Jesus' example, then we are to serve others, even and especially those who are opposed to us. So let's continue the story. And there's another twist here. And it's a twist that is at the center of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And it's a twist that's the center of what we're going to be doing here in a few moments uh, at the end of the service. Let's pick it up again. Verse 22. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So what does Jesus reveal about his values here? Jesus sacrifices for the good of the whole world, even and especially when it costs him dearly. He lays down his life so that we can be saved. He allows himself to be sacrificed so that through faith in his death for our sins, we might be saved. His body is given so that we can be made whole. The other day I was reading about uh, this special spider species. They have this strange behavior where uh, after laying their eggs and the spiders are, are born, the baby spider's offspring, the mother eventually then allows 
the babies to eat her flesh as nourishment so that they might live. Jesus gives his body for us so that we might be nourished, we might be strengthened, we might be forgiven, we might have, have, we might have life. Listen again to what Jesus proclaimed. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body. He's not saying that this is actually my flesh. He's not, he's not encouraging cannibalism. He's not saying, eat your parents. He's saying that there's something magical that happens, something mysterious, something beautiful, something spiritual, where the Holy Spirit meets us and strengthens us and grants us grace anew. He's appropriating the Passover meal for himself, stating that he will be the Passover lamb and that by trusting him and asserting our faith in him and his sacrifice, will be healed, will be made whole. And when we, when we take the bread and eat from it, we are stating and saying that Jesus alone is the source of life. He is the bread of life. And so he gives his life to give life to others. And so should we. First John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his down, life down for us, and so we also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. What are we to value? We are to follow Jesus' example and sacrifice for the good of others, even and especially when it costs us dearly. In other words, we are to think less of ourselves and more of others. We are to spend our lives for others and on others, not hoarding life for ourselves. We are to pour out our life as an offering for God and for the sake of those around us. Which is what... Paul urges us to do in Romans 12, where he says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. What's the result of Jesus offering his body? Again, we look at the words from Mark. He took the cup and we had given thanks. He gave it to them and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them. Now, what is the covenant? Well, you could talk about that for a long sermon series. The whys and the hows and the Old Testament references and the prophecies and all these things and how it works and why. But, but the results of the implication of this is that it's the promise that God makes to us. And it's the promise that God makes for us. It, it's the foundation of the relationship that is established through faith in Jesus. And the thing that guarantees the covenant is the blood of Jesus Christ, which is shed for us. It seals the deal. It's the official seal of approval. It's the collateral that backs up our standing and status before God the Father. You know, over the holidays, my, my daughter Anna, Anna her uh, old car gave up the ghost, so we had to find something. And, and we did. And, uh, and she, she, um, she, she, even though she's got great credit, she doesn't have enough credit history, so she needed a guarantor. I mean, money in the bank. No debt, but no, you got to have you. So anyhow, that's where mom and dad step in. So we decided, okay, we'll co-sign for this. And basically, what we did is we told the bank there's somebody behind her who has a history of credit trustworthiness that's been established over time standing behind her. You know, none of us have enough credit to stand before God on our own. We never, ever will. Because our history is filled with mistakes and debts that we can never Pay. So we need a guarantor. We need a, a co-signer. Somebody whose history is impeccable. Somebody who's willing and able to pay our debt. 
And that's where Jesus steps in. Because God loved us so much, he sends Jesus to come and die on the cross for us to pay our debt. And Jesus co-signs with his own blood. He establishes a covenant, one that will never fail, one that's guaranteed because it's signed with his blood. And that's what we celebrate, and that's what we remember when we come to the Lord's table. In the upper room of the Last Supper, the next day on the cross, Jesus showed us with clarity what he was about, what his values were, submission to the Father's will, even and especially when he would rather not have, serving others, even especially the ones who were opposed to him, sacrificing for the benefit of the world around him, even especially when it cost him dearly, it cost him his life. And we're called to follow his example. And it's not easy. But Jesus will help you. It's tempting to seek our own will, our own agenda, to build our own kingdom here on earth, but Jesus calls us to do otherwise. It's not easy, but Jesus, he'll help us. It's difficult to, to turn the other cheek, to serve others, especially those who are against us and what we believe in. It's difficult, but Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, will empower us. It's hard. It's countercultural to lay down our lives to sacrifice what we want for the sake of others. It's tempting to seek our own comfort and, 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 and ease. I mean, who could blame us? It's not easy. But Jesus did it, and he will help us do it. So come to the table this morning. Come here in this space. Come at home online. Come to the table. Come remembering what Jesus did, embracing his priorities, his values, his example. Receive anew his gift of life, of forgiveness, of grace. Come humbled because it costs so much. Come confident because Jesus has paid the price. He's co-signed our debt and is guaranteed through his blood. It's already been paid off, paid off completely. Come and receive, come and commit. Commit to living as Jesus did, to trust in him, to follow him. It's difficult, yes, but it's the way of life. It's hard, yes, but Jesus will help you. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for this day. We're grateful for the gift of your son. We thank you that he walked in obedience to your will to the point of death on a cross. We thank you that he set the example of serving others, even those who were against him. And Lord, we thank you that he set the ultimate example by giving his life and co-signing our debt, paying for it in full, guaranteeing it, it was paid through his shed blood. Lord, help us through the power of your Spirit to live more like Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus, through the power of your Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.